U.S. Cellular has always believed that connection is the greatest gift of all. That's why we're giving everyone one line for $34.99 a month with unlimited data this holiday season. That's right, one line, unlimited data for just $34.99 a month. That's more than a great deal. That's locally grown connection from U.S. Cellular. Limited time offer, terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. At U.S. Cellular, we care about our customers and our communities. Visit Cellular Advantage, a U.S. Cellular authorized agent located at 2012 Cornhusker Road in Bellevue. America's locally grown wireless at U.S. Cellular. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show featuring Jason Zuck. Jason has been an intuitive psychic medium since 2004. This show will cover a variety of topics relating to spirituality, mediumship, self-improvement, and intuitive guidance. Whatever interests you, remember that we are all here to share and learn. Sit back and get ready to socialize with the Social Psychic. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's with great pleasure that I have the opportunity of bringing on special guest today, Alex Struby. Alex is coming on this, this episode to discuss the issue of body positivity and self-love. One of the things that I find as an important theme for most of us in our society is all of us, no matter how great our level of fitness is, we all have certain insecurities about the way we feel about ourselves on occasion, and that's one of the biggest challenges I think most of us have to work through. And I'd like to have an episode to have a discussion very candidly about this topic because I feel very passionate about it. Alex currently serves as the Director of Sales for Grave, an international cannabis company based out of Austin, Texas. He also serves as the lead spin instructor for Hill County Indoor Sports and Fitness and owns his own consulting business, Struby Consultants, a local Austin-based marketing consulting firm. At 25 years old, he's a recent graduate from the University of Texas at Austin, where he's received his bachelor's degree in liberal arts. I believe that this episode could definitely motivate some of us in our audience to really look beyond our current situation. For example, if you've been presented with a scenario in your life where you've had unexpected weight gain and you feel like you're trapped in your current situation, then I encourage you to listen to this episode. And I'm very happy that Alex has agreed to share his personal story with our audience because I think it's important to really understand when it comes to weight gain or body self-image that your body is always in a state of flux. You can change your situation and make a negative situation positive. The other flip side of that is also learning to love where you're at, understanding that you can always work on where you're at with your body, be happy with it, love it, but then also if you want to improve it, everything's possible. Sky is the limit when it comes to that. And uh, it's definitely something that I think is, is very important when you think about where we are in our lives and society itself. Alex has gone through his personal struggles with weight gain, and I'm going to invite him in to discuss that directly with our audience, but I just wanted to share with everyone that self-love and body positivity are such an important theme to understand and to help with your own self-worth and your personal growth as a person. And I believe that Alex will definitely share a lot of insight for our audience on this particular topic and how important it is for each of us. It's a great pleasure that I welcome Alex to the show. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hi, thank you for having me. 
No problem. I, uh, I just gave you a short intro, and I, I got into the issue. I really am glad that we're doing an episode today focused on the topic of body positivity and self-love. I think it's something that so many people will uh, enjoy hearing about. I know there's you know, a lot of us in society focus on the, when you put on TV and you see these cologne ads or perfume ads, you see these models running around on the beach or if you put on like late night infomercials, you'll have Beach Body Plus, 90 Day Abs, all these different gimmicky things. And I fall afraid of that. When I was in law school, I bought one of those ab belts that you're supposed to put on, and it's supposed to help you with just wearing it. It's supposed to help you develop abs. Well, that thing was in the back of my closet after two weeks, and I wasted the $80 I spent on it when I had it. Uh, what I want to ask you is first, let's get into your background. Can you share with our audience what motivated you? and prompted you to gain insight and understanding about body positivity itself? Yeah. So all throughout my childhood into middle school, high school, I was a track runner. So I was on the select track team and I was a sprinter and I was totally in shape as every, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old is with a super high metabolism. It wasn't until college where I wasn't living at home anymore and I could essentially just have free reign on what I wanted to eat, what I wanted to drink at whatever time, and nobody could tell me no. Um, as a result of that, I kind of figured out that I was masking emotions that I was trying to deal with and kind of push aside with food and with alcohol. Um, and also being in a fraternity freshman year, you kind of like are exposed to the whole party culture and binge drinking and all of that. So as a result of all of that, I actually gained close to about 85 pounds uh, wow. about an eight and a half month span uh, my freshman year of college. Um, and, you know, you kind of, everybody talks about getting to freshman 15 and I actually did not know how much and how severe my weight gain was until um, it was the summer going into my sophomore year where I really stepped on the scale and I was like, holy crap, I am about to tip high twos almost into the threes <laughs> um, scale. And in that moment, I had a whole realization of like how I was living my life, what I was doing, what the bad habits were, and how, how did I get myself to this point? Um, and it was kind of like, I just remember sitting in my new apartment in West Campus in Austin and just being like, what, where, where went wrong? Like what, what happened? Um, and so, you know, that kind of transpired into my, the beginning of my fitness journey, as well as the beginning of my whole self. Okay. I have an interesting question I want to ask you, and I, I, I'm calling it interesting myself. Going into your freshman year, when you were gaining that weight over the span of eight months, were you like four months in and you're like, wow. I put on this weight or was it that summer of your sophomore year when you put on all the weight that you really paid attention to the increase of your, of your weight itself? It was a gradual increase in, I mean, it came in increments. I did not really work out. You know, I would go on like walks at the gym, but with friends and then we would wait, lift a little bit of weights and then go out to eat or go to get margaritas out there. So it, it really didn't do anything. Um, but it wasn't until that sophomore year summer where I really noticed the weight gain. Um, I had noticed that I was getting a little bit heavier, but I just kind of 
brushed it off to like a freshman 15 type. Um, okay. I think I wasn't mentally ready to accept my reality of why am I eating fast food every single day? Why am I drinking margaritas and whiskey Cokes every single day? And what's the root cause of all of this? So, With reference to the, I guess, the traits and the habits that caused your weight gain, I know you've attributed it to being in your freshman year and being in a fraternity and drinking alcohol and eating fast food. Were there any other habits that you picked up that may have also contributed to your weight gain other than those particular ones that you described already? Oh, absolutely. I was definitely battling internal conflicts. Um, I was starting to um, learn about myself um, in a more internal, emotional sense. Um, I was starting to come to with the realization that I was not like everybody else and that I was indeed um, gay. And that's something that I was masking my internal suppression of that with drinking and with eating super unhealthy because when you're in the deep south and you're in this greek life culture it's very hyper masculine very hetero focused and very just like okay we are here to party we're here for brotherhood and we're here for going out with girls and so i put all of my poker chips in that culture in that realm and i submerged myself in that to offset and mask um, what I was trying to hide. I could understand that. And so when you were going through, I guess you'd call it coming out to yourself, is that the right way of saying the process initially? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So when you were going through that stage um, and you had to deal with that pressure, you were probably, I mean, I'll just tell you a little background. My family I come from a family where we did emotional eating. Uh, I grew up from a single-parent family, and I, we would eat pizza <laughs> like it was going out of style growing up in New Jersey. Uh, there's a heavy Italian influence up there, and we would eat pizza every single day. Or My friends here in Tampa make fun of me because I love baked ziti, and um, I'm real big on carbs. That's just something that I've enjoyed over the years. And I know my family struggled with weight gain, including my mother, my brother, myself, and it was one of those things genetically, there's a genetic component to this a lot of people don't think about. Do you find that your family had a genetic component as well, where there were other family members struggling with weight gain, or is this something that was isolated to you because of the coming out process and living in college for the first time, or what would you think about that? So in my immediate family, no. So my mom is a Taekwondo instructor. My brother, um, my brother was chubby and then slimmed out when he grew and hit puberty. Um, and my dad has never been, you know, on the bigger side. However, we have extended family members, um, who deal with obesity, who deal with high blood pressure and high cholesterol and, you know, all of that attributed to their poor eating habits. So it's definitely something that's within the Struby realm. Um, but in my immediate family, that was something that was foreign because, we had always been doing sports. We're a very active family. So, you know, and eating at home was always traditional Puerto Rican or Italian meals, but it was like lean Puerto Rican and Italian meals because my mom didn't really like grease or fat. And so I think that it uh, attributed to like, I never really got it at home growing up. 
so I'm just going to hyperindulge now when I'm not home. Okay. And so the removal of your family influence around you with your mom and she, I guess, helped with the healthy choices, gave you that freedom to decide it's time to indulge. <laughs> and now Absolutely. your overindulgence created the weight gain. <laughs> um, yeah. The psychological aspects of this is something that I would like to ask you about because I've gained weight sure. myself over the years, and then it was like a yo-yo. It goes up and down, up and down, and the most weight gain I've had was like 30 pounds. Uh, when you gained your 85 pounds, how how did you feel in that realization that you stepped on the scale that summer for the first time in your sophomore year going into your sophomore year, and you stepped on the scale and you saw that you were pushing close to 300 or 280 or whatever it was? How, what was the initial thoughts that went through your mind? It was like an out-of-body experience. I... I remember the moment as if I was looking above myself, looking at the scale. It felt like it wasn't real. I can imagine. For everyone listening in in our audience, I can probably tell you there's a good percentage of people that have struggled themselves. What kind of guidance or advice would you recommend to somebody who steps on the scale for the first time after going through a lot of stress, for example, or whatever it is, and they step on the scale and they're like, I don't want to go back on the scale ever again unless I can weigh myself on the moon <laughs> where my weight's a lot less. <laughs> like what kind, of, what kind of advice or guidance would you give them when they're dealing with that kind of a realization? And they're, you know, they may not be in their 20s, you know. Um, they might be in their 40s or 50s. What kind of guidance or advice would you give somebody who steps on the scale and they may think they're trapped in their situation, but what would you say to someone in that kind of predicament? So that's a really great question because I teach spin and I teach spin I, to a wide variety of clients in different ages. Uh, my youngest writer, I want to say is 10 or 11. And one of my eldest writers, um, she's in her late seventies. So it's a wide variety of people, both men, women, you know, across the board of, different socioeconomic backgrounds they all come in with one purpose and it's to escape and get mental clarity and the reason I say all of that is the advice that I would give people is first look at the root cause of what is causing any stressors or unhappiness because there is a root correlation between that and whatever vice it is that you you know as the choice whether that's alcohol whether that's fast food whether that's you know, desserts and sweets. It's kind of like finding out what it is, but then also not cutting it out cold turkey. It's something where finding a healthy balance to it and finding an appreciation, a self-reward. I always tell my writers in the beginning of every single one of my class, I'm like, you made it in and the hardest part is over. And I want you right now to think of one thing, one goal that's going to get you past these 45 minutes of hell, frankly, because my classes are pretty hard. They've been deemed the hardest ones there so far. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like celebrate the small wins, and that's what's going to get you through. And over time, whether that's two weeks, two months, two years, whatever it is, your journey, you have to keep celebrating those wins because eventually you're going to look back and you're going to be like, holy crap, look how far I've come. And it wasn't even that hard of a process to get there. And I know what spin is. I've never been in a spin class, but for our audience, can you describe what spin is just in case they don't know? They might be somewhere where they haven't been in a spin studio or have done that before. 
Yeah, so there's like traditional spin classes where you pedal really fast and, you know, try and hit certain watts and all that. I don't know that terminology in those classes. I teach rhythmic-based spin. It's essentially like a party on the bike. Um, I love it. It's something where you ride to the beat of the, the music um, and you're out doing all these cool choreographic, you know, moves. There's a weight section. There's an ab section. Everything hurts but it goes by in a blink of an eye. And by the time you know it, you've already hit 12 songs and you're at your 45 minutes and that's it. Boom, you're done. And it's, it's crazy because people come in for the first time and they have this preconceived notion of what, what is spin? You know, they see it. That one movie, I feel pretty with Amy Schumer. They think like, Oh, spin class is this really kind of culty thing. And like, it's so hard, but really everybody's in their own individual journey. Um, for me, my classes, there's no leaderboard. There's no competition. You're there to ride for you. You don't really care about your neighbor. Yes, I want everybody to be in sync just for my sake because then I get a little distracted with people who are kind of offbeat. But um, it's just, it's fun. It's like, it's therapy for me. That's why I teach every weekend. I don't particularly enjoy working seven days a week, but it's something that makes it worth it because it goes by so fast and it's just so fun. How did you get into spin courses and so, becoming an instructor? Ironically, that same summer, um, the end of the summer, beginning of the school year, um, there was a spin studio in West Campus and somebody who I knew um, and who I kind of like looked up to as like a mentor, um, so to speak, worked there and um, actually gave me a referral. So I started out working at the front desk and you check people in and you're wearing these oversized t-shirts that say like team member, you know, it's not very glamorous, glorified. Um, you're wiping bikes and sweat and organizing weights and all that. But the one perk of that job is you get free classes and you can ride on shift. And so I started in the back. I was not very good. I was not very coordinated. You know, I grew up with having rhythm. I can nat naturally dance, but it was something that took a little bit of time. And I grew a love for spin because I checked out for 45 minutes. I left all of the stressors that I had, whether it was work or whether it was school related or personal related and still kind of coming to accept myself as gay and all of that. And I channeled that energy and all that stress into the bike and I left feeling so much better, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. And that's something that I strive in my classes. I'm like, the purpose of this class is not only to push yourself physically to the next level, but mentally push yourself past all those hurdles and roadblocks that you have in your head. And that's what sold me and what made me fall in love with spin class. Um, this thing that overweight, you know, shy kid in the back corner um, who was wiping up sweat after everybody at the end of the class to now I'm the lead instructor of a super popular gym here in Austin, Texas. So uh, you kind of come full circle. It's kind of like the ugly duckling to the swan for lack of better metaphor <laughs> there. But Well, I think weight loss, it's just good for the body. And I, it, when it's healthy and it's done the right way, it can really, you know, change your perception and change your, your feelings about a lot of things in your life. Uh, did you have issues within yourself of self-image even after you well, – first of all, let me ask you this question. How long did it take you to shed those 85 pounds? It took me 
um, safely nine months. Um, months. And I'll say it was something that I was on the more of extreme side and that I don't recommend to everybody. I kind of cut out everything cold turkey. I would eat oatmeal in the morning, ground turkey for lunch, and then some type of lean fish or some type of other lean, you know, meat, so to speak, at night. And that was it. That was my routine. Seven days a week, I did not drink for close to eight months. Um, No sweets, no fast food. It was something that I really committed myself to. Um, And while I am very proud of myself for sticking with it for so long, that's not something I recommend um, to anybody trying to lose weight or to change themselves or get healthier. Um, And the second aspect of that I want to touch on um, is don't focus like I did on the scale so much. Um, If I were to hop on a scale right now, according to the BMI, I would be morbidly obese. Um, But I attribute a lot of this weight gain in muscle in my legs um, from teaching spin now for three, three and a half years. Um, okay. So that's something too, where it's like you want to, of course, exercise and be healthy, but you also want to do it in modifications. And I kind of took it to the extreme end because I was still in that self-love and self-discovery stage. Um, and when I kind of set my mind to something, I do it full force. And so that's, you know, that was the extreme end. But for somebody who is kind of coming to um, the beginning of wanting to kind of make a change in their life, you know, starting out small and starting out with, you know, little goals and little wins here, it's definitely something that I would recommend. Small wins is always uh, one of my favorite terms to tell people. I believe in small wins. I think that if you can do five pounds at a time or even a pound or two a week, which is what they usually recommend, that those are things that we should strive for and reward yourself when you reach certain goals. And that's something that's important. The psychological aspect of it, has it impacted you even now? And how so? Oh, it has. And it's, it's definitely something where I, I look at myself um, and I have to give myself daily affirmations, even to this day, even we're in July, 2019. And I started this journey three and a half years ago. Um, four years ago, I guess, uh, if you're kind of summertime, but I, it's something where I still struggle with it daily. I still look and I'm like, wow, I kind of ate like crap this weekend. I enjoyed it, but now I'm feeling super (laughs) icky Monday morning and I'm a little bloated, but you're here, you're living and you're going to go to the gym and you'll work it off and you'll have the best of the both worlds. So it's okay. I have to like reassure myself that and that's definitely something where the community in Austin Austin is a very fit city and everybody here has six packs and everybody here it's like keeping up with the Joneses but fitness style right so it's definitely something where there are times where I feel super uncomfortable like taking my shirt off of the pool and there's times where you know I'm around people and I'm like dang like I wish I had like a fully defined six pack right or you know it's like little arbitrary things like that but then I think to myself you have celebrated so many wins from where you were if you're positive people look up to me 
every weekend in my spin class and come back week after week and they're sharing their weight loss journey. They're like, hey, I've lost five pounds since I started coming to your class. Hey, I've lost 22 pounds since coming to your spin class. And those are the affirmations that I have to remind myself where I'm a role model. And if I'm having really bad body positivity, that is contagious around to everybody. And it's most importantly, like, you don't want to be down on yourself. And you want to, again, going back to the small wins, it's like, you're here, you're alive, you're breathing, you're healthy. Who cares that you had a cheat weekend, right? Like, life is too short at the end of the day to be worrying about trying to perfect yourself. And so that's definitely something where I have to remind myself, if not daily, then like weekly for sure basis of like, all right, like you're great. You're loved. You're the most important person that you need to worry about right now. How would you say, and that's a great thing, the affirmations and the positive mantras, I'll call it self-talk, how do you feel this experience and overcoming the weight gain and then losing the weight and getting fit, becoming an instructor for spin, how has that all influenced you in reference to your own viewpoints about spirituality, personal development, those kind of things? Yeah. So I got super into spirituality and that whole entire world, so to speak, um, the months before my college graduation in 2016. And so it was something where I was at a Halloween party and, um, you know, I, they had this really cool venue and it was this really affluent couple. And I was kind of like some random person that they had no idea who was, but I'm glad I went. Um, and they had a psychic there and I was, felt so moved to just like go and speak with her and just be like, Hey, like I kind of want to escape Austin because I've been here for most of my life. Like I just wanted somewhere new and I was trying to, in a sense, run away from problems. And those problems were the comparison, the keeping up with the Joneses mentality of, okay, like you've lost all this weight, you've hit this, you know, goal, so to speak. But now look at everybody else who has so much more and who is so more fit than me and has everything, right, so to speak. Um, And she gave me really good advice. And she was like, no, like, wait till Monday. You're going to have an opportunity that's going to come to you that's going to keep you here in Austin. And ironically enough, that Monday afternoon, um, I was interning at a company called Personal Wine, and I was their marketing intern, and they had offered me a full-time position Monday afternoon without me even asking or knowing or anything. And that kept me here. And that was the best decision I ever made because from there I became the marketing director and piloted the entire marketing department of the successful wine company, wine customization company. And from there it's kind of helped me with my career path today. And so had I not been at that party that Friday, because I was leaving Saturday morning to go to Denver, Colorado for the weekend um, to go look at places and apartments and kind of scope out spin studios and jobs and, you know, just kind of create a new life because I had a friend out there. I wouldn't have been so receptive to accepting a job that I felt comfortable with that 
little had I known then would expose me to a successful career path already at 25 years old. So yeah, that was something that all of that kind of led me into this opportunity into the spiritual world because the party who I crashed was somebody from the spin studio and from a gym that I worked at. So it all kind of comes full circle here. It's all kind of intertwined, connected. So have you incorporated other modalities, for example, like yoga or anything like that into your routine for your mind? I, I like to focus on mind, body, spirit when we discuss these topics. Have you done anything like that? Or if so, what, um, what experiences have you had with yoga, for example? Oh, absolutely. I love yoga. Um, at, my, at the place right now where I teach, they offer yoga classes. And uh, my good friend, Alicia, who is also very spiritual, and she, um, she herself has psychic abilities and gifts, um, she would teach. And, you know, I would go to her classes almost weekly. And she was somebody that I really connected with. Um, and it just put me, anytime I would have anxiety, I would just go to her class. And whether it was a hot vinyasa class or if it was just a regular kind of flow, like more stretching and breathing techniques, I always left there feeling 10 pounds lighter mentally in my head. And that was something that was really important to combat with those very high energy spin classes that you're not really, you don't have time to really think and breathe in the class as you do in yoga. So that was the best combo. I would teach a spin class and then go over to Alicia's class after and it was something that was amazing. How would you, in your own personal experiences, what qualities would it take for someone to accomplish the loss of that type of weight? Uh, if someone's dealing with the struggle right now, what, what do people need to really think about in order to change their routine, their habits, their practices to lose they weight need and be successful? Think, yeah, they need to think first and foremost what stressors or what negative influences are around them. And it's definitely, that's the hardest part and the most crucial part. It's how these outside influences, whether that be, you know, a significant other, whether that be a friend group, whether that be a work environment, you know, what is it that's a stress causing a negative influence and then how do we address those, right? Because, you know, it'd be extremely irresponsible, overdramatic to be like, all right, well, work is not really the best environment for me because it's a lot of stress and it's causing me to overeat and I'm not able to have a good work-life balance, whatever, whatever. You can't just up and quit your job, right? But, um, you know, just starting to analyze your surroundings and really kind of correlate, like, what is – stress and how does that stress affect you how do you get rid of your stress and so that's the first and foremost it's getting that mental clarity for it to then translate physically what would be your recommendation or suggestion to anyone listening to this episode that decides mid-year we're in july right now that they have certain fitness goals that they want to accomplish and they haven't had any prior experience with any type of exercise or any type of nutritional advice or any type of guidance um, on creating their own plan. Do you have any recommendations to anybody that has that kind of a situation? I would definitely recommend having a realistic 
plan. So I did very low carb, um, higher protein. Um, but that was definitely something for me because I enjoyed meats and I enjoyed fish. Um, and, and it was really hard getting rid of the pasta, but having a realistic expectation, there's all these different diets, you know, a keto diet, a paleo diet, a, you know, the diets that I've never even heard of or can pronounce, but definitely the starting point is finding something that you have and that you can sustain and also something that's definitely cost effective too. I know a lot of people who do juices, juice cleanses, trying to get that fast weight loss. I unfortunately am allergic to apples. And so that eliminates most juice programs for me because they all incorporate apples. Um, but even if I wasn't allergic to apples, the cost is just not something that's sustainable for me or for a lot of people that I know. I will say this. Uh, for anyone that's listening, one of the things I would suggest too, and this is just coming up from my own personal experience, is try to seek out, talk to your doctor first, depending on what age you are to try to find out from, for example, if you're in your 20s even, you want to always consult with a medical professional before you start some type of change in your routine. And then I would also utilize that and then go from there. And if you're at a gym, talk to, a, you know, talk to one of the people that is either a trainer, a nutritional person, or somebody that has that expertise. Like if they're in a spin studio, they could approach you as the lead instructor and say, hey, I'm interested in doing more spin I'm I'm very curious about how you got to where you are, those kind of things. I think that's definitely something that you can look at. Um, one of the things I have not done yet for myself, even though I've lost about 20 pounds with Fitbit and intermittent fasting, is the whole meal prep thing. Have you been doing meal prep yourself? I have. I do okay. um, meal preps um, every Sunday. That's like my religion. <laughs> it's okay. definitely something um, – that I love doing. I play music and it's definitely, you know, I make super easy meals. I Google different kind of fun, cheap ways to buy bulk items in the grocery store. And I, I usually do Monday through Wednesday meal preps at home. Thursday, I'll kind of get something healthier. And then Friday, I usually go out for lunch um, because again, it's finding that awesome balance. Because, again, I don't want to deprive myself like I have been for the past nine months. Uh, very true. I have a caller coming in, so let me introduce our caller. Hold on one second. Hi, this is Jason Zook. Welcome to the show. May I ask who's calling? This is Alicia Spanton. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the show. Uh, do you have any questions Hi, or anything? Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Alicia. Hi. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> so what's going on? What's up? <laughs> I uh, I know I, I take it you two are familiar with each other. I want to ask you, Alicia. Do you have our topic for today is body positivity, and we're talking about okay. utilizing. Gotcha. Um, you know, one loving your body for wherever you are in your life, but if you find that you want to have some improvements to your physical fitness or your goals for your weight and just in general. I uh, had Alex on to talk about this topic because of his personal experiences, and I wanted to see if you have anything in terms of your own personal experiences that you'd like to add to that topic with our audience. 
Well, is this about physical fitness and then feeling yep. good? Okay. Correct. So I've taught, I've taught for a very long time, everything under the sun, probably since I'm 42. So since I was 17, I've been teaching. Okay. And I've taught everything where now I'm just in this very Zen yoga state. And okay. I kind of like to say you save the best for last because it's not only good for your body and your mind, and it's teaching you to mesh the two. Because if you're okay. working out all day long and you're out of touch with your body and your sensations and what's going on, you're just totally disconnected from a lot. Definitely. Have you encountered people who have approached you uh, asking you personally for guidance on what they could do to improve their physical fitness routines or anything like that per, from a personal level? Because well, I know from my – go ahead. No, go for it. I was going to say I know from my pers- perspective – I've had this yo-yo thing go up and down over the years where I put on 30 pounds and then I'll lose the, you know, part of it and then I'll gain it back and then I'll lose it and I'll go into a gym and I'm comfortable working out. But if I go to like a spin class, I've never been to one. So for me, a spin right. class would be a little intimidating until I actually get familiar with it. How have you witnessed people that have approached you as newbies, so to speak, uh, when they start these type of routines? Have you seen, have you given guidance to people when they've come to you and what kind of guidance would you give our audience if they're interested in wanting to change the oh, routine yeah. and become more Well, active? I think a lot of it, I think we're all trying to be comfortable in our own skin. And Correct. you go into a spin class, you've never taken that before. That's like a sign of social anxiety, which you have to go back to the trigger. What says, why, why am I feeling like this? So you're kind of tackling a fear. You're kind of getting like a two for one, right? Definitely. Mind, body, tackling like a fear, but you're like trying to get a workout in. But for me, I, I, you, it's about awareness, body awareness. You have to check in. How are you feeling today? How do you want to move today? Um, and like for me, a lot of women have taken bar class to get kind of intimidated or I've never taken yoga before. It's okay. You're here. You're here. That's all that matters. You take, you've took, taken that step. That's the first step, right? Is having that, right. that individual first step of getting into that studio and committing to being there. <laughs> I think that's yeah, like yeah, the that's best the, thing or right. going to the gym that right. day. Yeah. Can yeah, you, because you, can you share it. with our, okay. go ahead. No, go for it. No, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> oh, I, I, you, like you don't, this is going off a totally separate topic, but I feel like there's so much judgment in today's society. You don't know what that person's been through. You don't know if like they've literally coming out of PTSD and going to the gym the first day was their, you know, was a big step in their life. And I didn't get a chance to ask you this when you first called. I'm sorry. Can you tell the audience what, uh, what type of instruction you do and how long you've done it for? I know you've mentioned it slightly, but I just, I didn't get a chance to ask you that when you first called in. Oh yeah. So I mean, if rewind, I used to teach stuff and kickboxing and then I, um, ventured in a bar, created my own bar. And then I bar took me to yoga and vinyasa, like power yoga took me to yen. So I'm kind of on a bar yoga yen, but so you're allowing yourself to check in. Like you have to get moving, but then you need to check in. You need to go deeper. Did you have a personal that struggle yourself what, over the years when you were younger before you, you did? Okay. In okay. college, I did. I, it was about perfection. I played softball and scholarship. Um, I, I was an accounting major. It was high stress, high perfection. And I battled eating issues. 
Well, I feel like I, I, but I had a challenge with food and then you have to get to that trigger and a lot of it goes back to self-worth. Definitely. What do you think, because one of the focuses of this show is mind, body, spirit. What would you say to our audience for your personal experiences when you struggled with these type of issues and then you were able to overcome them and implement fitness as your, you know, part of your routine in your life? What would you say uh, got you, um, well, I guess I should say is, did that experience of going through this transformation influence how you view spirituality in your own perspective and, and how it, 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 I know spirituality is a very personal term for most of us, but in terms of your own personal yeah, I viewpoint. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, sure. how did that impact you, if, if at all? I think it goes back to willingness. Do you have, what's your willpower today? What are you willing to do today? And awareness so that you know what you're capable of that day. And, you know, you climb the hill, you get to the top, then you start to develop hope and belief and faith and that when once that keeps coming online I don't I hate using the word addicted but it that it becomes kind of addicting you want to feel like that you like feeling like that because you've taken a step outside the box to make a change because you had faith because you had the willingness to do it and you had the awareness to to want to make it happen I don't run a gym and I'm not an instructor but one of the questions I'll ask you guys is how how much do you see an increase at like New Year's Eve in a Rome, uh, New Year's Day in, in January? The increase in enrollment of people oh, who try to, you know, I know. change their routine. <laughs> so we're staying at gym. <laughs> you so, know, I have a friend that owns gyms. And yeah, it's like the okay. peak and then the downfall. <laughs> well, and the interesting thing about that is, and I'm prone to this myself, I like to have right. a gym membership. If I don't go all the time, I still have the little thing on my keychain. It makes me feel secure that I have my little – I go to Crunch yeah, Fitness. Yeah. My little Crunch Fitness oh, keychain, you know? You there. <laughs> I love Crunch. Okay. No, but like, you just need to know it's there. It's kind of like you just need to have the cookies in the cupboard just to have them if you want them. Exactly. Exactly. If you go to the gym, you know it's there. If you feel like it today. But there's so many options. There's so many options today that I which think is, if you don't which check is great. in – you don't know what you want to do, right? Like, do what you want to do. Don't go over here because your friends are doing it, but you hate it. I think you're, it's only going to stick. It's only going to be successful for you if you are truly doing what you want to do. And I also think one of the things, um, from my vantage point, when I was 16, I weighed like 138 pounds. And then I had the opportunity of having a, a workout partner, and I went from 138 to 165 in the span of like a year. And it was one of the best changes and transformations in my early life. And I, well, the point in sharing this with you is, would you recommend a workout partner or somebody that can hold you accountable to get you into the, the class or into the gym? And if so, honestly, what steps would someone take if they don't have someone like that? Well, I think it's different for everybody. Like me personally, I don't, I don't have, I have enough willingness. I don't need someone to hold me accountable. Sometimes okay. that works better for others. It doesn't work for me. I think you have to do what's going to work for you. Exactly. Because if you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to commit to it. You're not going to stay consistent to it. You know, spinning could be the fad, but like my very dear friend, she's 4'11". She's like, Lisha, I wish I could spin. It just doesn't work out for me. I'm too short to spike. I'm like, okay, sure. well, I mean, it's like I can't force her to do something, and she's already like, no, I'm not doing it. If belly exactly. dancing is your thing, well, belly dance all night long, baby. 
it's kind of like find that activity you're passionate about and get into. Like I've gotten totally. into Fitbit, walking with my friends right. to compete with each other <laughs> with our little watch yeah. and Fitbit oh, right. bands. I know, and... it's fun, right? You're like, how many steps you get today? What bands you get? <laughs> oh, you're only on that one? Okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, it's fun. So I think This is I, a big topic, have... you know, but I, I think it's just so important to have a dialogue about it because I think it's something that – Well, you know what? If – it goes, it, it goes back to just follow your heart. It's so cliche, but, like, if you just follow your heart with everything in life, it, you're probably not going to be misled. Your heart's Absolutely. not going to steer you wrong. You know, if you love basketball, you're going to play basketball. If you hate swimming, well, I don't think you're going to swim. You're going to go back to so cliche, yeah. do what makes you happy. Do you think there's a spiritual component to fitness? And if so, what would you think that is? from your personal point of view? Oh, that's going to open up a whole can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Likely you're on the social psychic show. <laughs> well, I mean, I can get really esoteric on you, but um, in Egypt, in the Egyptians back in the day, they called the body the cat, and they worshipped the cat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you need to take care of your body. You need to take care of your temple. It's the only one you, it's your vehicle. It's the only one you have. And when people are doing a disservice to their body, they're not really honoring themselves. They're not really honoring whoever, you know, you're, you're here on earth by God or the higher being source, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, people have different lessons in life, but honor your temple, honor your God given body. Absolutely. That's a good point. And, for anyone who may not be happy with where they're at, they should still love their body because, like you said, it's your temple. So even if you yeah. need to shed a few pounds, it's okay. Love yourself it's okay. where you're at. Right. It's okay. Set those goals yeah. and not be discouraged where you are because, you get, you know, Alex and yourself, and, and I've lost a little weight too, but there's always personal examples of people in your life you could turn to for guidance. And, um, yeah, that's definitely and it can something. go the other way. You know, you have the obese problem, but then you have like the anorexic problem, and it goes back to self worth. Correct. Self love. Absolutely. And I, I agree with you on that 100%. I think for our audience to hear this, it's something that I, I believe there's probably a lot of people that can, can connect to this topic because of, they say what? In Amer- I was watching a news report the other day where they were saying that if we had to do like a draft like World War II, it's a national security mm-hmm. problem in our country that most of the able-bodied people who could be drafted are probably out of shape and would not be able to do the things that would need to be done in a short period of time to be battle ready, so to speak. And that's a scary For concept. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Mc- McDonald's might be slowly time. preventing us. Right? You know, McDonald's might, yeah, yeah, fast food might be preventing food us from being. We'll keep feeding you McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's all we have on the menu today. No. <laughs> I have one other question I was thinking of too. How sure. about the way society, our society, our culture values these, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use the whole Baywatch kind of concept, you know. Oh, um, that's, that's opening yeah. a can of worms too. I've lived it. I've well, lived it. Go ahead. Tampa, where I am standing right now, is one of the capitals of okay. the <laughs> plastic surgery meccas in our country. <laughs> There's more plastic surgeons in South Tampa where I am than you could fall upon a plastic surgeon if you're walking about. And I, I get very concerned with the idea that you're going to have someone in high school, for example, 
a young woman or a young man wanting to have plastic surgery because they are unhappy with the way that they might appear or they're unhappy with the way that their body is. Uh, how would you address those kind of people that have those issues? And that, it, it runs deeper. You have to get to the root. You have to get to the root, the source. Correct. That's what I agree with you on it's, that. I mean, there's just, there's no way around it. There's a reason for, the, there's a reason behind it. And, and something I want to address too is Alicia said you had mentioned earlier that you said you lived it. Can you elaborate, like oh, on the Barbie, to the Barbie people? Stuff? Yeah. How deep do we want to go, Alex? I think <laughs> I think you know Jason and the, the audience. You know, I think it's right. you. Okay, you know, well, I I thought of you total... when I was doing this as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, complete vulnerability. Not many people have my story. I mean, if okay. we do, that's awesome. Let's talk because it's a fun one. Um. I grew up in a very traditional Italian family, Sicilian family, as my dad would say, okay. and okay. went to San Francisco University, Northern California, accounting degree, works corporate America, uh, competed in Fitness America. So that's like, to me, I like to kind of call that like the extreme side. Um, you know, you go through obsessions with food, like certain days when you're competing, you can't have sugar, you can't have, can't have this, you can only eat this, and it's like, oh my God, this is just... It's not healthy. It's toxic, which I also think is, it, in my opinion, it's just, it's not balanced. And if that's where you're at, then that's cool, but it didn't work for me. So competed, worked, and then just got tired of corporate America, just wanted to dance and have fun. So I danced for three <laughs> years and spent right on Las Vegas. Okay. And you get kind of, you get classified, you know, like the, a dancer in Las Vegas has a certain look, the hair, the boobs, the body, you know, and people look at you for that certain kind of image, but the image goes away and people's true colors come through. And I think society is so caught into comparing and judgment and who has the best this and who has the best that where we're so all caught on the surface level. No one's diving in anymore because they can't even dive into themselves. That's a good point. That's a very valid so point is that superficial quality to it. Mm -hmm. that's exact yes superficial quality and uh, do I love to shop yes I love to shop I love hair I will travel for my hair extensions but um (laughs) (laughs) that's not a lie I um but society like for example you know someone just don't judge a book by its cover it just goes back to that you don't know where that person came from you don't know their history Mm. that's a great what if you know i heard a really good i heard a good quote today it said if everyone made the same kind of money today no matter what job they had what would you do and then i thought and could you imagine how we we would all be forced to actually be good people no matter what not because of the car you drive not because of the money or the job you make not because of the house you live in because of who you are inside the whole keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> you yeah, want to be, and that, yeah. I'll throw, I'll throw a wrinkle in that for you. How about social media? Okay. How people oh, utilize social media to create this facade about yeah. themselves. Oh. It's, yeah, it's that like, isn't reality. It's like a rabbit black hole. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you really have to be careful who you're watching because that just could be like a toxic start to your day. Like, oh, here comes your toxic cup of coffee. Here you go. Who's so, what's so-and-so doing? Where'd they go? And then if you have kids, it's like everybody's got to broadcast what they're doing with their yep. kids. Like, I don't mind the vacation stuff, but it's like, oh, so-and-so won this award and this and that. And it's like, 
Okay, and I mean that's great. Giving trophies away just, for participation? That's always a joke just, nowadays I, that people makes, get awards for participating, which isn't the worst thing, yeah. but it also creates a, a sense of entitlement, I think, for people right. that may not right. be reality. Like and when they get let down, they suffer, and they'll resort to eating and overeating. Right. And it's, this guy called the chicken little syndrome. This guy is falling. Very valid. But, yeah. Very valid. <laughs> you, know, you know, I just – go ahead. I wanted to say this is actually a topic that ties into what we're kind of talking about, which is something I actually spoke to Alex before our episode was the concept of fear of rejection and how that ties into how we live our lives. And the reason I bring that into body positivity and everything else is I feel like a lot of us, and I, I know I've been prone to this, we fear rejection when we go into like social environments where we may not know to everybody, even at a gym. You can have the fear of rejection. Yeah. I, I have a close friend of mine that won't go work out because she's got a few pounds on, but she doesn't want to go in a gym and have other people judging her, right? So right, right, how right. do you view the fear of rejection and when you're confident, learning how to minimize it so that you can improve how you live your life? You have to go back to the root. Why are you fearful? What are you afraid of? Correct. It, and it, this could run super deep. Like – I know. <laughs> to, I mean, this that's not like a whole other call, but this is like generationally deep. That's very true. Very yeah. true. I, I feel like you could dedicate a whole episode to the fear of rejection and oh, overcoming oh, it. Definitely. And oh, for sure. Trying to yeah. live your life where it doesn't rule you, you rule it. <laughs> um, that's why. Even going out to a bar by yourself or to a movie theater by yourself. Uh, you know, not having the fear like of feeling that. awkward. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I I love to go out to eat alone. I do too. <laughs> I, like, yeah, you know, or are you in it by yourself? Yeah, I am. I'm reading. <laughs> and 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 then I want to say, why are you even judging me? What's that matter? Enjoy your dinner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you have a smartphone, and and that's one thing I'll do when I'm by myself online, is I'll jump right. on my phone, which is also a bad habit though too, because you don't want to no, be too is. dependent on your. Right. On your, you need on like your the smartphone. do not disturb sign on your table. Exactly. <laughs> you need a little exactly. do not disturb. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, Definitely. Right. What, um, well, based on your personal story and everything that you've experienced yourself, what would you okay. say, um, in terms of obstacles, personal challenges, tribulations? Oh. Well, well, for someone that has those kind of story. things happen to them, yeah, I was asking you. For someone well, that deals hard. with those kind of significant things, right. what would you suggest to somebody going through that and overcoming it and utilizing something like fitness in order to uh, manage their stress? Not only just for oh, physical okay. reasons, but for mental right. health reasons. Um, I, I, Alex may be talking about this, but part of the other story too on overcoming rejection and fear is I was married. I technically am still married. I'm in the middle of a divorce, and um, he cheated on me with like a 20, I don't know, she's probably 20, 21, 21 probably at the time. Okay. Um, I just, my father died. I just had a newborn. And then six months later, I, I uncovered the affair, like totally not even aware of it. So talk about major fear of rejection. And sure. the thing that brought me back, not that I was ever, I was never depressed. I was just always why, why? And the number one thing in trauma is you have to move. Because moving connects you to your body. 
because you know when you're when you have when you're stuck in like a panic mode or you're stuck in a PTSD or chronic PTSD mode, uh, you, you have to get out of where you're at. You have to break up that energy, right? And okay. movement is the number one. Movement is the number one, I guess, remedy. That's interesting. So movement would be a grounding force for somebody who's dealing with a traumatic yeah, situation. Totally. Yeah, gra- I can see yeah, that. Right. I can mm-hmm. see that. For some, Definitely you know, or for that. some, like it's people like that. It's very hard for them to close their eyes. You just you don't know where they're at. You have to find out where they're at. But for me, it was movement, and movement brought me back to teaching, which brought me back to music, which just opened up a whole can of worms. Which it's like putting me it full circle. Totally stronger than I ever was before I got married. Wow, that's great. And I didn't, and I didn't think I would be here. Not meaning like on this earth plane, like physically, yeah. mentally, emotionally, where I'm at today. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It's so, a great yeah, topic. You, you I really. Up, yeah. You gotta move. Who would be your body? Not like state to yeah. state. I mean, maybe you can if you want. <laughs> Is there anybody, celebrity or otherwise, that you would point to as a positive influence for yourself in terms of achieving your goals and overcoming obstacles? someone's story I mean yeah I never you know I never thought about that <laughs> um but you know today I actually picked up Jada Pinkett's story and her family's battle with divorce and addiction and all just a whole bunch of other stuff I'm not finished yet but that's three generations of women who have basically had to put down the hammer and you know fight or pick up Definitely. the hammer and fight so to say I don't know about that. It's just something that I, I was curious. I, I like for me, I, there's, there's various different people. I don't have one particular person that I find motivating. There's various different people that I, I'm motivated by. But um, one of the people I actually like is I was watching a, a documentary on HBO, and the lead singer from Imagine Dragons. I actually respect him a lot because he's taken on things that societal standards and um, right. That's something that I, I respect when people are using their celebrity status to actually try to do something to change society where we feel, right. you know, where they feel that it needs to be improved. That's like because the kind of thing that I heart. respect a lot. Exactly. And right. they, they they're have the courage. To take... the... Yes. Yeah. They're not doing it because of the celebrity status or recognition. They do it because they, that's the light they generally feel in their heart and they want to share it. They want to make the change. And they're not afraid to challenge their comfort zone. In my particular show, I'm talking exactly. about there's a show called Believer. It's a documentary on HBO. Right. And what, uh, what they did in this particular situation was they, they went and created a concert uh, to help Mormon adolescents and LGBTQ uh, individuals who were having a high suicide rate. And I was oh. just very impressed that, you know, someone can use their celebrity status to right. try to actually change – the overall condition of everything that there is. And that's pretty amazing. So that, well, that's like an example for me. Do you see, have you seen what Mick Jagger said? Not recently. He's I, opened I, up I, like a women's home. I don't know. I mean, I've seen it floating around. He's opened up like a women's home with women who have just in a bad place, like uh, PTSD or recovery or abuse. He, he opened up a home. I think it's in Tennessee. Wow. 
That's great. I, I just yeah. think that when people give back, and the person I'm referencing is the lead vocalist, Dan Reynolds, by the way, if anyone in the audience is curious. Right. And I think that, if I'm correct, the uh, documentary I'm talking about is Believer. But it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty great. I wasn't, I wasn't so into Imagine Dragons until I saw that show, and I'm like, wow, these people are really trying right. you know, to make a difference. It just impressed me. I like when right. people do stuff like that. And, and going back to our original topic about body positivity and everything else, I think when people well, take the it's... courage to live outside their comfort zone – and right. implement true change, that's right. a, a huge thing. And for you guys, having you both on the show today, uh, you're both influencers in a way, if you think about it. You are influencers for all the people that work with you in their spin courses or their yoga or whatever it is. And right. you play a pivotal role in helping educate others and making right decisions and, and appreciating where they are, you know? Um, Absolutely. I know we're reaching – Totally. Do you have anything to say? Do you have anything to add, Alex? I know before I didn't want to cut you off, so. No, no, no. This is great, and it's 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 funny because you know, I, Alicia and I haven't spoken in uh, a few <laughs> weeks. She's been traveling, and you know, when I, you know, when I, we started our conversation earlier, I immediately kind of like going back to the spiritual. Like Alicia immediately came to the forefront, and I was like, <laughs> "Wow, like, so it'd be funny. great for her to call in." So, it, you know, it kind of all comes full circle going back to the body positivity because, you know, it's like I know going to what you said, Jason, is, uh, you know, we're role models in the community. And, you know, Alicia and I have definitely, you know, experienced different of our clients uh, coming up to us privately, just sharing their personal struggles and how, you know, whether it's by spin class or her yin or bar classes that she did in the past, you know, they – you know, they really resonated with that. And that was like a form of like therapy for them. So definitely kind of like tying into, you know, everything that I do. And I know Alicia speaks to this as well as like we do to not only better ourselves, but better everybody in the community that we interact with. Because we know people are looking up to us, whether we choose to believe it or see it or not. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we're running short on time, guys. I want to thank you both for appearing on the show this evening. And, you know, thank you for calling in, Alicia. I appreciate it. Because oh, for yeah, us, for- having, hey, having this dialogue and sharing these experiences, I, I think it's probably the most important part of everything that we're trying to do with this episode or just in general with what we try to do on our daily basis is try to, you know, not only inspire ourselves, but look at a negative situation such as weight gain. And looking beyond that negative situation and say, you know what, I might have put on a few pounds. I still love who I am and where I'm at, but I know I can definitely take steps to get myself to my fitness goals. And it's not as challenging or as difficult or mystifying as uh, some people might think. And it might be as easy as just getting up and moving around, parking at the far end of the parking lot with your, you know, your, your Fitbit or your Apple Watch and keeping track of those steps or signing up for one of your classes, you know, whatever it is. But that's the point is, is trying to appreciate where you're at and then incorporating true change in your life. And I think that's what I get from your personal stories and just in general with this topic. And I think that's something that our audience could benefit from. Totally. Like Absolutely. have a goal, but still enjoy today. Like Absolutely. this second, this moment. Absolutely. I want to thank you yeah. both for coming on. <laughs> we're, thank uh, you for having we're me. We're going to get cut off. Uh, th- thank you for, for appearing on the show. And um, I, I, I really enjoyed this topic. And uh, I want to thank you both for contributing. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Thank Thanks you. so much. Have an awesome night. You too. Thank you.
Have a okay. great one, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. I just want to thank our audience uh, for supporting our podcast. It's been a few a few weeks. Uh, I just want to let our audience know we're going to be putting out more consistent podcasts. I had a lot going on in my day job, my legal practice. But at this point, I'm very excited to line up uh, some programming that will be beneficial, hopefully, um, not just the traditional programming, but some new stuff and new ideas. So definitely – be on the lookout in the future as we post more episodes. Another thing I'd like to share with you is that I will be launching a revamped YouTube channel in the very near future, and um, that will be coming up shortly as well. I want to thank each and every single one of you uh, for listening to this episode and for tuning in, and thank you for your support. If anyone would like to get in touch with me directly, you can reach out to me at info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. Our website for the show is www.thelettersocialpsychicradio.com. I do need to update a little bit with that, but um, a lot of our past episodes, as well as our guest bios, are on there. And uh, if anyone has any ideas or requests for an episode, please do not hesitate to reach out to me and uh, let me know. Also, I've had people in the past reach out to me and share their personal stories after listening to an episode or a topic that we discuss, and they share these very personal details with me about their own personal lives and the challenges and tribulations that they may experience. And I want to thank each of you for that. It really does mean a lot to me and it makes it very rewarding to have that feedback as to the podcast. So thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to uh, our next episode and joining us in the near future. Thank you for listening to this episode of the social psychic radio show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid.
Futurecast.